welcome back to another episode of Open Dialogue, a podcast for collaborative SEOs and digital marketers. In this episode, I spoke with Jamie Alberico, who is a technical SEO consultant at Not A Robot. Over the course of our conversation, we spoke about Jamie's experiences of working at Arrow Electronics, what it means to be an SEO product owner, and how to work effectively with developers. But let's not waste any time. Let's dive straight into this. Here's another episode of Open Dialogue with Jamie Alberico. Hello, and welcome to the show, Jamie. Sam, how's it going? Yes, very well, thank you. Wonderful. Um, I just want to let you know that you only get a whoop if you actually turn up in our studio here, because a lot of people dial in, but it's the the in in studio guests they they get a proper a proper cheer. So well, they're yeah. missing out on this great couch if they don't come in person. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've got a great couch in, FOMO in the guys, studio. FOMO guys, amazing yeah. couch. Yeah, it's very good. So I'm really happy that you're guesting on this podcast because. I was, when I first contacted you, I expected that you'd be dialing in from Denver, Colorado. However, um, I was really excited to learn that you're going to be over here, over in London. So it's a real pleasure to, to have you here in person. And I hope that we learn a lot over the, the course of this episode. So how, how does it feel to be in London? Um, you've had a mad couple of weeks over here being at... Ah, so you were at a very well-known... UK search conference last week but Mm -hmm. I was listening back to all of the episodes that I've done so far and I've been shouting out this particular conference every single episode and I think I'm giving them too much promo but I mean it is it is uh, an SEO conference in Brighton so that that's a bit of a hint but (laughs) how how have you found it being over this side of the pond Uh, I do love it I I think Mm. you have um so many wonderful things in here Tea, biscuits, chocolate, proper chocolate, really quite proper lovely. Chocolate, yeah. uh, your coffee game is adorable. We need to yeah. talk about this. Coffee is not meant to be crystallized <laughs> pellets. There's a reason you all drink tea, because you don't know any better. I've offended so many Brits, and I apologize, but seriously, come to Denver. I'll take you to a lovely coffee shop. You'll have the proper mocha pressed. It'll yeah. be wonderful. I, I would take offense to that, but... Uh, yeah, it is. The, if you the want good to take offense to me calling you out about freeze dried coffee crystals, then I will bear that burden. <laughs> but then, yeah, uh, no, our coffee is pretty bad over here in the the UK. You get some like some good places. There've been some really good yeah, places. Yeah, but the, the readily available stuff has been has been freeze dried yeah. crystals, which are. Mm. Especially mm. if you're staying in hotels, it tends to be Nescafe, and that's just like <laughs> it is the worst. It's just like. You might you might as well not have any coffee at all. It, but it you does have nothing. tea. That's when you yeah. divert over yeah, to tea, yeah. and the tea is lovely. Yeah, we've, we've, hey. we've got tea. I, I so maybe it's a message to me, like, hey, you yeah, should uh, adapt to your surroundings. Try, yeah, yeah, try, try our some tea. tea. Yeah, so it's okay. lovely. Yeah, hey. but <laughs> is there anything that you've enjoyed particularly over over here in the UK? I really love coming um, over here and going to all these conferences because there's so many people I talk to online on Twitter mm. and then I get to meet them in person. So it's a little bit like I'm 14 again <laughs> and I've made internet friends and I'm yeah. going to meet my internet friends in real life. Yeah. And I was 14 in an age where that was not known to be a terrible idea. If you're a kid listening to this right now, don't make internet friends. And meet them in person. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, it's great. Like, you'll go and you'll have a, a lovely conversation and learn something new. Uh, and, you know, you start chatting with this person. Be like, oh, let's be friends on Twitter. We already follow yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you ever had that weird moment where you, like, you make that connection? You're like, oh, I've spoken to you before. Like, we've, we've got this pre-existing <laughs> online relationship. Right? I've never felt it to be weird. Um I am at a disadvantage. It's pretty easy to spot me. There's just this um, flop of wild blue hair (laughs) and people are like, hi, Jamie. Mm. I'm like, oh, no, I now have to try and figure out who you are from a Twitter icon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that is the main the main issue that I have when I'm at conferences is like I'm trying to like work out if if that person matches up with who I think they are on Twitter. But yeah, with you, there, there really is there is no denying that. You, you are Jamie, so... Well, now, there's yeah. been a couple. So I've been to, like, Google I.O., and it was amazing because I just walked into this field of multicolored hair and these brilliant women really? who were at this coding conference. Right, wow. Ah, it was a little bit like the end of Free Willy where the orca joins the rest of the pod, and you really <laughs> root for them, yeah. <laughs> I love that reference. 
Um, okay, so before we go off on too much of a tangent, I'd like to start this podcast by looking a bit about your how you got into search and find out yeah how how you got into this this wonderful community and space that we find ourselves in i think like a lot of seos i didn't mean to mm-hmm. it was curiosity so i uh, i graduated in may of 2008 and uh, in the States, that was when hold times were longer than normal. While you tried to call your student loan people and go, I want to give you money, but I want to eat. So how do we work this out? Um, I was waiting tables at the time, worked at a sushi bar. Uh, really wanted to be able to use my degree in some way. I had these lofty aspirations of writing plays and graphic novels. And I was like, well, I'm going to do something. I'm going to blog. So I started picking up these jobs, blogging, like literally writing about concrete to pay for my supper. Mm -hmm. And in that process, finding like, okay, this article is fantastic and this article is terrible. But why does this one get so much more attention? Mm -hmm. And noticing, oh, wait, there's this whole meta layer behind it. Um, And that evolved into, you know, becoming a consumer analyst and then working in my very first in-house job. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was while I was there that um, I got into working with the dev teams and becoming Mm -hmm. a tech kind of out of both accident and necessity. Okay, so at college, were you more of a creative type then? Were you doing like a more creative type Creative writing is my my degree. Uh, I have a comma tattoo on my wrist. Right. <laughs> so that just a, a reminder, you just need a, a break in a sentence every, every now and again. What? Uh, it's what, a bit loftier. If you, have you read the play Wit by Margaret Edson? No, I have not. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic play. Um, there's a portion of it where the main character is doing her, her dissertation and she uses a translation of John Donne that has an incorrect punctuation in it and the line is death be not proud death thou shalt die um the the version she had done her dissertation on had it uh death be not proud semicolon death capital d thou shalt die exclamation point um the professor corrects her that it is comma lowercase d death thou shalt die Mm -hmm. so uh the acknowledgement of a pause versus the dramatic stop okay yeah that's that's way loftier than, than I imagined that commentary. I have plenty of stupid Did... tattoos as well. We're good. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like a very small tattoo compared to some of the other ones that, that you've got. Uh, oddly enough, yeah. way more meaningful, but smaller real estate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So the the transition from going in from the more creative side to the more technical side, is that something that came naturally to you? It was out of curiosity and necessity. So I was working on this 70,000 product and restaurant supply e-commerce site. And in the course of the week, my my primary keywords, restaurant supplies, restaurant equipment, we were page one, hemorrhaged out uh, 23 ranking spots. Um, oh, this good. was uh, 2013 or so. And I spent 11 days straight in the most insane way of going, well, how do I explore this differently? Mm-hmm. I can't find an answer if I look at it this way, but what if I turn it around? What if I looked at it this way? And eventually what I found was that um, the, the category filters, the thing that controlled how deeply they would be indexed. So if we have a category of pants, we have blue pants, long pants, uh, corduroy pants, uh, cuffed pants, pants with pockets. It was going six deep in those. And those didn't actually line up to the controls in the mm-hmm. SEO manager tool, which were intended to go ahead and control that level of index coverage. Um, so basically I had to come up with this insane plan to break the site's spine to save it. <laughs> uh, it worked. It did. Uh, but it meant that I was suddenly moving from being this marketing SEO to, you know, sneaking into the dev area all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had their scrum master who was just, you know, with a broom shooing me out like a stray cat <laughs> persistently. But uh, ended up becoming the product owner for the front end team. Mm-hmm. We were the dot commies. It was right. great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was really out of a sort of necessity from from something that wasn't working on the site, and mm-hmm. it was like a, a kind of a, an accident almost. That, Very much, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And where did you go from from there? How did how did your kind of career develop from from that point? Uh, so when I left that particular company. 
uh, I had been interviewing with an agency in Denver, and I had a chance to meet an amazing human being in the SEO community, Ashley Berman Hale. Uh, I had interviewed with her and was completely Twitter-pated. I was like, this mm -hmm. this human's fantastic. She yeah. knows so many things that I want to learn. And at the time, they're like, well, we don't need another tech SEO. So they kind of held off on it, and they pushed back on it. And uh, I mean, I was writing handwritten thank you cards, like, mm -hmm. please hire me. I just want to work for this person. Um, uh, eventually, I had to get the job. And nice. I got to work for her, and she introduced me to this whole new world. And then from there, more people to follow, more, more tools, more ways to look at things. Right. And it's always just kind of been an insatiable curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, feral yeah. ambition. I didn't realize that you worked with Ashley. I did, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ashley's working at Deep Rule in our professional services department now. Um, yeah, well, I didn't realize there was that connection. Right, yeah. okay. Right. How was it working, working for her? Is there any, like... She is a terrible, just ruthless <laughs> dictator. Be so afraid. No, she's absolutely fantastic. And she taught me a lot about even yeah. interacting with clients mm -hmm. and this ability to always go, every piece of stupid code has a very valid reason for being there. And until you understand that, until you understand the intentions of that development team, you won't earn their trust. Mm -hmm. So taking that aspect and learning how to go, I'm not going to come in here and you know bark at you, do this, do that but to go, what is your goal? Because everyone wants to make good things. And when you make good things, you want them to be found. So by pivoting and really understanding that SEO could be this asset to great development work, opened a lot of doors. And um, she also taught me a great willingness to be the dumbest kid in the room. Mm -hmm. Like if you understand 20% of a conversation, cool, that's enough. Yeah. My very first IO um, at Google's developers conference, mm -hmm. um, I struggled so severely with being there. It's like, why did I get a chance to be here? Of mm -hmm. all the people, I'm so unqualified for this. You know, I took the spot away from someone who was so great and so fantastic. And I really burnt myself out um, before I learned a lot about self-care. But in those moments of um, being so overwhelmed, it also taught me it's okay to not understand. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get 100% of the material. It's okay to raise your hand and go, what do you mean by this? What does that word mean? Mm -hmm. And it helps to get rid of a lot of assumptions because sometimes you work with teams and when I say title, that means something different than it would to you as a merchandiser, as a marketer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is it about having a certain level of security in your own sort of knowledge to be able to say, like, well, I'm, yeah, I don't understand this, but I'm trying to, to learn? That, yeah, that absolutely. Of, yeah. It's it's a willingness to go. I don't get it, but I'm willing to keep trying. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So is that is that something that you kind of carry through and use now as like a kind of attitude to working? I attribute most of my success in my career to my shameless willingness to fail with fireworks, to be that uh, <laughs> that flying space monkey. <laughs> And to the lovely human beings who put up with my silly questions. Um, fail with fireworks. This, yes. this is this is exactly why I wanted you on as a guest because <laughs> <laughs> it's the these sound bites there. <laughs> They're brilliant. <laughs> um, but I'd like to skip forward probably like a few years. I, mm -hmm. I don't to when you're working at Arrow because mm -hmm. I, um, from what I've heard you speak about Arrow, you've got some great experience there working. <sighs> within development oh, teams. 70,000 products just seems so cute and quaint now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with Aero Electronics Fortune 500 company, uh, the e-commerce site has between four and six million products in a given time, and those are available in seven languages. So it goes from, all right, let's optimize this on page to how do we create meaningful systematic government governance and rules to keep this ecosystem afloat mm -hmm. yeah. right that sounds crazily complex <laughs> <laughs> i think well, it's reflected in a lot of what google's asking of us these days i mean we have those new changes to our uh, new follow tags so there's a couple of new additions mm -hmm. um there's all sorts of opinions across the internet about what they mean and if they have value and i really think if you take a step back and go okay if i know my page templates my primary types i know mm -hmm. that within this div this content will persistently be user-generated content, or this sidebar will persistently be sponsored content. It's a way for you to create that government, to create an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's ultimately very beneficial for you. Yeah, right. 
And in terms of like the the setup at Arrow, could you explain a bit about who you were working with and what the kind of day to day looks like there? <sighs> yeah. Um... <laughs> So I think the most important thing to know is when you're at that scale, there is really no day to day. There are certain checkpoints that you will persistently go through. You will always meet with your scrum team, with your development team. You will do stand up in the morning, say, I'm working on this. I'm blocked by this. My next thing up is this. Um, a lot of, as I transitioned from starting as a BA to being the lead technical SEO to being the product owner, um, was beginning to become more of a cross-team resource. So as the product owner there, I was across you know, uh, eight teams. Right. So it was a matter of coordinating them because you had to understand at that large of a scale, anybody can come in and go, oh, well, this is a quick win on this page, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But there is a complex series of interconnected pieces here. And while it may seem very simple, it's a little bit like you've you've gone up to Easter Island and you've approached one of those big heads and gone, <laughs> it'd be optimal if you move that one three inches to the left. <laughs> so the superficial value doesn't always reflect the complex code and dependencies beneath. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of learning and understanding. Okay. And within those eight different teams, are they all development and engineering teams? What? Architects, database, um, right. A lot of dev teams mm -hmm. working with a business analyst whenever you get a chance. Uh, when you do get to that large of a scale, getting BA resources, getting BI resources is it's like Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and so something that I've heard come up a lot recently in our space is SEOs are becoming more and more product owners, which is what mm -hmm. you were yes. at Arrow. Now, going back to what you were mentioning about being the dumbest kid in the room, that's something that I have an idea about what I think that means, but mm -hmm. I don't have the practical experience of being product owner. Mm -hmm. Could you explain what that shift is within SEO to SEOs becoming product owners? And like, what, what does that actually entail? It means a lot of taking your KPIs, so looking at um, whatever metrics you are measuring your site by, taking a step back and going, how does this actually fit into the larger scale of our business goals? Mm -hmm. So while I may desperately want to go ahead and do X in order to improve an SEO KPI, there are more important and uh, larger impacting pieces that are above me, and I have to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. But in the process, I also get to learn about how those systems work and where they're interconnected. And it means a lot of connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. So in the same way that title might mean something different between you, know, you and me and another person over there, um, finding that the same issues impacted mm -hmm. different groups in the same way. And to get work prioritized, it was less about grandstanding and making some outlandish chart and going, this problem impacts all four of these groups. If we come with a holistic view of that, that it unites how each of us leverages this data point, this piece of technology, mm -hmm. we can create a solution that's more effective for the overall business. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in terms of like, if you found an issue like that, who are you reporting that into? Like how, and how would you get that prioritized? It would depend on who the teams were involved. Mm -hmm. So we had a, a task management system. We were using Jira, yeah. uh, create an epic, and then it would go across those teams. So some tickets would be assigned to our, our database architects. Some teams would be assigned to, or some tickets would be assigned to our um, our PIM team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was always just a matter of really thoroughly documenting what the acceptance criteria was. Mm -hmm. There were times I had to take a step back and go. The dev did that right. I wrote bad AC. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, and, and connecting those pieces, I really think that having a solid BA when you are a, uh, a product owner or product manager or for SEO across multiple teams is a very useful thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, could you tell me about a time when something went like, really badly <laughs> not maybe not at Arrow, like or another maybe you don't have to mention who you're working for or like mm -hmm. you don't have to like incriminate anyone but um do you yeah tell us about a, a particular time when something didn't go so right so um what i found 
in speaking to people so far is like it's quite easy to get like oh yeah this is how it should work in theory and like I did xyz but yeah most like, of my career is based on I know it's supposed to work like yeah. this but behold right okay <laughs> Let's hear a failure with fireworks. <laughs> oh, I can tell you about one of the moments where you have to stand up and own your position as a product owner or manager mm -hmm. when it comes to SEO and also understand the impact it has to other groups. So I was working on a redesign for an e-commerce site. This was right before Googlebot finally updated to being mm -hmm. evergreen. And uh, I had gotten to work hand-in-hand hand really well with a developer for working on the product detail pages. But unfortunately, for the product listing pages, that developer had a, a series of truly unfortunate events and uh, wasn't able to work with him. Mm -hmm. So we are at Go Live, and I do not have a chance, chance to test uh, the staging environment until you know three days before we're supposed to launch on it. And I get in there and I'm testing our product detail pages. And I've been using, you know, a series of not first party tools. So I've been using uh, different crawlers that go ahead and, mm -hmm. and render pages for me and whatnot. But when it came time to actually use, you know, webmaster tools to use mobile friendly test, and I got to those product listing pages, they were a gray bar. Mm -hmm. A right. single gray bar. Uh, so this good. entry point to thousands of products was empty. Really? Uh. And there was a moment of, I am, I'm actually in a nightmare right now. Like, this, right. this isn't real life. This can't be real life. Um, but also sitting around the table with a bunch of stakeholders who were very invested in this digital business and going, yeah. I understand this is going to be the impact. I've projected how much it's going to hurt us. And mm -hmm. here's a, a recovery plan that we could take action on. But I can't hold back deploy. Mm -hmm. Because if I you know, say no go on this launch, then I am actually setting back four other teams yeah. with their deploys. Right. And for an overall business value, it's not worth yeah. it. You really have to think about the, the bigger picture there. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. So what with like a recovery plan, what what does that look like? Do you have to just try and be as transparent as possible and just say like, look, yeah, you have to we be messed absolutely. up here. Yeah, mm. be absolutely transparent. Um, you have to go, this is how we're going to fix it. We're going to use inline styling. We're going to go ahead and mm -hmm. do this. We're going to use our polyfills. We lucked out on Googlebot updated to Evergreen mm -hmm. very shortly after. Right. Okay. And that was <laughs> saving grace. So many fetches. So yeah. many requests. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they, uh, were they quite understanding or... Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're at that level, when you're working with that many pieces, mm -hmm. everybody there, uh, everything's on fire all the time. And yeah. unless you truly love that particular dumpster, you have to go, okay, that right. isn't cute. Yeah. Like you can't um, follow an inherent desire to freak out. Right. To go, ah, the sky is falling because, yeah. And in the nature of e commerce, particularly with a lot of frameworks, um, a lot of sites that have been around a long time, mm -hmm. I know, they're 51%. Is built on Java still, which mm -hmm. is not scalable in the slightest. And we've got you know Kubernetes coming in to help make this scalable. But a lot of these titans of industry right now, they have code stacks that aren't meant to go to the next billion users. Right. And we're all going through this learning curve together. Mm -hmm. So you take it with humility, you own it. Uh, you learn a lot from failing. Mm -hmm. You learn right. a lot from making amazing fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, what else would I like to know? Um, when things change in our in our space, when Google updates something, how do you communicate? How would you have communicated that internally? It depends on who I was talking with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a very different approach you have when you're speaking with, uh, say, the other product owners versus yeah. with a C-suite versus with your own devs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking maybe particular, particularly with devs, mm -hmm. like how how you'd get them to, to care about a change that's coming that you'd need to um, make some sort of change on site for or like adapt to in some way. Well, the brilliance of being the product owner is that you get to prioritize your backlog. Right. So okay. there, there is that bit and there's yeah. less bureaucracy there. Um, 
anytime you communicate with a dev, if it's a bug, you want to give them repo steps. Mm -hmm. How do I make this happen again? If it's a new thing, you need to give the acceptance criteria. Mm -hmm. When X does Y, Z happens. Mm -hmm. You need to clearly lay those out. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be very literal. Provide testing tools. Yeah. Please provide uh, the QA. Mm -hmm. So. QA should test on this list of URLs. Mm -hmm. It makes their job so much easier as opposed to having to dig through and figure out how they're supposed to test this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, be considerate of your team. They work real hard. Right. Okay. And so if you're communicating with developers in this way, is that something, is it quite a smooth process then? Would, yeah. would you say? Yeah. Yeah. And if so they push back and they question, I yeah. try and learn what the concern is. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely had them be right yeah. where I had misconsidered an element in our stack, I had um, not thought about, you know, some other outcome and how it would play. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that willingness to go, I'm the PO, but I trust you. You know this development aspect better than me. Mm -hmm. It was very useful because yeah. you get to learn, they get to learn, and then when you have devs who are allies, mm -hmm. devs make the best allies because right. they're often meetings that you're not and they mm -hmm. can shut down terrible ideas right. at the start. Okay. How um, do you make devs allies? Working with them, yeah. cooperating, um, respecting their process. You know, don't I? I know everything's on fire all the time. <laughs> I totally respect that, and I hear you. I feel you. Yeah. I'll roast marshmallows with you over the dumpster fires of code any given day, <laughs> but you can't continue to work and make a product if you're always in that anxious heightened state. Mm -hmm. So respect the formats they have. They may yeah. request a user story as blank. I want to blank in order to blank. Mm -hmm. As a flying space monkey, I want to fail fantastically to make the best fireworks. <laughs> um, you give them the acceptance. Some of the best sentences I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, sometimes I get to read tweets about my talks, and the, the out of context quotes are. <laughs> Someone please start cross stitching those pillows for me. Thank you. <laughs> they learn how they work, learn what works best for them, provide proper documentation. Mm -hmm. If you are recommending a code change because of how Googlebot has changed in X or Y, mm -hmm. provide the documentation, provide the developer resource, mm -hmm. provide a testing tool. That's how you earn credibility. A lot of developers have been burnt by SEOs going, this is magic. Yeah. And I understand <laughs> that. I mm -hmm. do. Um, when you show them that you understand that code is a series of elements, X does Y, and then Y becomes Z, and mm -hmm. it moves through sequential order. It, earns, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. huh. Do you think generally we have enough of those tools to be able to communicate that effectively with developers? Are there still gaps now that... It's a closing gap. So yeah. as of 2018, our beloved Google Webmaster Analyst team is now underneath Google developers. Mm -hmm. They are part of the same thing because we all ultimately have a desire to make a better web that mm -hmm. you can find what you need. Um, and when that move, we saw... Just the world shift. Thank you, Lizzie Harvey, for all of that beautiful new documentation you have made. She, shout out. She's an unspoken hero of, of the Google developer team where she's doing this new documentation mm -hmm. that goes through step by step. And for a while there, you would go and you'd look for an answer. And there's three versions, but none of them are dated. And you're not really <laughs> sure what's from where. So, you know, making this new, more relevant documentation and keeping up. Even internally, you know, one of the best things obviously you can do when you work with a large dev team is have that information in your knowledge base. We did this in order to do mm -hmm. this. Here we go. Um, sometimes even getting that documentation in your internal knowledge base is difficult. So mm -hmm. to have someone out there who's stepping up to that, we've seen Google invest the resources. Yeah. SEOs everywhere like, ah, JavaScript, what do we do? And they <laughs> brought on a webmaster analyst who just specializes with JavaScript. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff Martin's doing is, like, uh, amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. <laughs> um, when you're working with Google's tools on a, a site as big as ours, are, do they hold up, like, how useful is, like, Search Console when you're working with, with huge sites? Like, does it does it get to a point where you're just, like, do you have to use it in, in special ways to get... You get, you get a little crafty. Yeah. You do, you do. Right. So you've got properties, right? And you can mm -hmm. make... You can make properties that are subfolders. So I would have one that was, you know, obviously one for each of the variants. So secure, non-secure, dubs, non-dubs. But here's my primary. 
Mm-hmm. And here's my primary for each of the languages. Mm-hmm. And then beneath each of the languages, each of the categories, mm-hmm. each of the products. And by breaking it down like that and then I doing a series of, of crafty automations through Google Sheets and APIs, you mm-hmm. can do some good reporting. Cool. Yeah. So how many reports, how many properties would you would you have then as like are we talking like hundreds or like several like several many many um <laughs> of a primary domain about 50 yeah, right. of of external domains and subdomains then we start getting out into more lofty numbers yeah, yeah. right okay <laughs> but as so, one human you still have to prioritize mm-hmm. okay what's the 20 percent that's 80 percent of the impact yeah uh, okay cool okay now i think i'd like to understand a bit about Maybe you don't have to tell us exactly why you left Arrow, but like how you found it since um, going it for yourself and starting as a consultant and freelancing. What um, what was the decision there, and yeah, how, what's that been like? Uh, so, for the record, we're in week three. Week- <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, not long the ground at all running. Then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> booster packs engaged yeah. um so very early on into this one um there i think the thing that got me to move away from being in-house and really having that comfort of the day-to-day was just there were so many opportunities of things where like oh i want to i want to go try that mm. i want to go experience that i want to go see if that'll work um yeah it's, it's nothing to detriment it was just going well, let's see how big this guy is mm-hmm. yeah. right you mean the the variety of working with with yeah. Different different sites, okay. Different sites, different stacks. Figuring out, um, you know, does mm-hmm. does Blink really love service workers that much? Right. Do they get more threats? Mm-hmm. How does this go? Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, and so you're enjoying it so far. My feet hurt a lot, but yeah. we're doing you've good. Been, you've been <laughs> running around Brighton, yeah. London. I mean, we're three Cambridge. weeks into this. Two of them have been in the UK. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So what what your plan what are your plans from here? Are you looking for for clients? Have you got enough work? I'm, I can give you a shout out here, like if, oh please yeah. give me a shout out because even if I say I have enough yeah. work now, in the nature of digital, you know things fall through, things change yeah, all you know, the time. I think by yeah. the time we publish this, like it might be it might be closer to Christmas to be honest. Oh. So, Merry yeah, Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Um, Happy holidays and your assorted respective holidays. But um, so your company is called Not a Robot. Yes, Mm because I am not a robot, but I speak bot. Right. Uh, Okay. I I see. Also, I've just I've filled out too many captchas, and it's my little homage to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not a robot. (laughs) Um, Cool. I've lost my train of thought here. But it's okay. We can edit this. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Where I'm okay. Actually, I want to shift gears and talk about your cross-discipline, cross-disciplinary um, skills. Okay. So I have those. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do my do my research on on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's what's in your bio, so. <laughs> um, but so yeah, you did a webinar with Deepcrawl, which was yeah. amazing. So that was looking at kind of site architecture, mm-hmm. information architecture. Um, what importance do you think um, there is for having different different skills within marketing? Like, should people just focus on um, technical SEO or is it important to have like the, the a broader set of skills as well? Would you say? I don't think it's necessarily anything wrong with choosing your your spot, claiming your stake of land, but you need to pretty persistently be aware how that fits into the overall landscape. Mm-hmm. So you know, you may have picked your. I I bet on e-commerce and JavaScript a long time ago, and I've been lucky enough that bet's paid off. But um, you know. When I first started, I did some blog outreach. Mm-hmm. I was an outreach manager. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was terrible at it because I, I, you know, had to spin an article and I could only bill so many hours. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm going to go add some of my, my own research now. 
Because I felt bad just ripping off someone's work right. as an English major. It just stung too much for me to do. Yeah. Not a very lucrative career. Um, but just knowing the landscape and how things evolve is going to be very important. And it's not necessarily a matter of me going, oh, well, this is superior, but it's your mm-hmm. own longevity. If, yeah. if you don't understand how that fits and plays, mm-hmm. especially because it's always yeah. adapting. The web is a persistently changing beast. Mm-hmm. It may not be a good long yeah. fit. Because some people talk about like different... I think it's like different letters for skills. So you get like T-shaped, you haven't heard of this, like T-shaped marketers where you've got like a broad base of knowledge and then the the T going going down is like, so that's your, your specialty. And then there's like other other different letters. It When when I've read about it, it's like, it sounds, I don't know, like plausible, but then saying it out now... <laughs> out loud i'm like this sounds slightly ridiculous i'm just thinking of clueless when she's like whatever major walmart shopper that is (laughs) that is my shape (laughs) so so you're you're kind of saying that it's more important to just kind of follow your own kind of natural curiosities rather than it's i'm not saying it's better i'm saying it's worked for me Mm mm-hmm there's nothing wrong with knowing what your strengths are. I think that maybe I do follow that T-shape where I'm like, ah, this is where I'm really comfortable. Like, I can tell you all about these bits for now. Mm -hmm. It might change later on. But uh, the idea that you should know everything, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I'm going to possibly make some people a little miffed right now. But there's no such thing as a full stack. (laughs) Um, Full stack engineers are just people who, Google and use Stack Overflow. Yeah. Um, having to be able to do all the things means that you never really get to be proficient or mm-hmm. curious in yeah. things. So mm-hmm. nothing wrong so you, with. So you don't you don't think these people exist because there there are occasions when I meet I meet people and I think I I tend to call them unicorns because yeah. they're they're like just crazy good at like so many different areas but oh i've met like, them they're yeah. real unicorns are real yeah. i'm not a unicorn <laughs> but i have i've seen them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I guess these these people are the exception rather than the rule huh? yeah. yeah if you were good at all the things then i can i have your bookmarks bar please <laughs> email that to me at jamie at not a robot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i'd also like to, to find out so you mentioned that um, working at Arrow, you've got all of like all of the everything's on fire all of the time. How do you stay? That's sane? any enterprise world. It okay. really is. Yeah, not, right. I'm not no. just calling out <laughs> one team there. That's simply when you get to a large scale, the things mm-hmm. that would make you panic on a WordPress site, you're like, mm, that's a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So for people working in larger scale businesses, mm-hmm. how how can they stay sane when everything's on fire and how? How do you, like, keep a cool head? I mean, that's really where that ticketing system comes in, mm-hmm. where you have people like your POs, like your BAs, who help to go ahead and go, this is the next thing in flow. Mm-hmm. So there's an organized yeah. chaos. It's organized so, chaos. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit like skydiving while playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you have no idea what the flop was just then, but you've right. got to aim for a safe landing spot. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> flop is a so, thing in poker where you show the first three cards. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. And um, also, you were like talking about self care as well. Does that come into it? At Absolutely. All? Yeah. Hundred um, percent. I kind of I was joking with Sam before we got here that he should share the questions with me beforehand because I've just been Brighton. And then I did optimize this great event out in Cambridge. I was like, there's a good chance I'm going to be a broken Roomba by the time I get here. <laughs> um, you know, you can only put uh, 240 volts through 120 volt fuse for so long before there's a ramification to it. Yeah. Um, it's very important to go ahead and acknowledge your hard limits and soft limits and to take time to just sit and do nothing for a second, mm-hmm. especially when you've been in really intensive work all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm a compulsive gardener. Mm. Really, um, it's my rebellion against my, digi- my digital life is I garden. Uh, I play Dungeons and Dragons tabletop mm. style, yeah. and I bring a Polaroid camera with me when I travel. Right. I haven't seen any of the gardening. Like, really? Do you, do you post that on Twitter at all? Like, I, don't... I think that might be more of like an Instagram thing. Instagram, okay. yeah. Right, I need to find you on Instagram then. Yeah. <laughs> I think I follow well, you. Rude. Right. <laughs> Same as cool for me. There oh, we go. This, this is really awkward. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't tend to use Instagram too much. Like, yeah, 
Thing, things get a bit weird weird on there because I, I get sick of people posting just like, oh, here's me eating this, here's, here's me going to this place. It's just like There's so same. There's a persistent need to project the hashtag best life rather yeah. than the hashtag authentic it's life. So, so um, tiresome. So, yeah. For everyone listening, you don't have to smell me right now. <laughs> that's an amazing thing because the reality of running around and doing these crazy amazing things is sometimes you stay in kind of sketchy Airbnbs and then there's no hot water that morning. Um, the success of everything is made on your willingness to adapt and possibly offend others with your smell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, two things there. First is that yeah, I'm. You're not really smelling. It's fine. Or, <laughs> second, you. like you didn't you didn't have to volunteer that up like that. That was completely. But I think that's important. Like that's part of the deal. Is Instagram <laughs> is so much hashtag my best life, yeah, okay. and when we <laughs> don't it? allow the vulnerability. Yeah. Of yeah. being like, hey, right, these people I get you. that you think are amazing um, unicorns yeah, in yeah. our fields, sure. they're real humans too. Right, yeah. I've been behind the scenes, I've been in speakers' rooms and watched amazing people before they took stage go <gasps> and have a moment of panic yeah. uh, or, you know, have to take that moment to themselves to focus and recenter. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. There's yeah. nothing wrong with acknowledging you're human. Yeah. Yeah. How- how do you get in the zone before you go on on stage? Are you, are you one of those? Do you pa- have a little panic as well? Because like when when I've seen you speak, I think I've seen you at Search Love. Mm-hmm. I think just Search Love. Oh no, SMX Munich as well. Yeah. You've you've got like a very kind of calming stage presence. Like there's there's like an assuredness there. I'm like, I, I wish I could be like that. I'm I'm more <laughs> I'm more like jittery and yeah, but yeah. It's, it's very like even the the gesturing that you've got. It's like now we're going to talk about rendering and it's... oh, so hilarious, fun story from Munich. So mm-hmm. about thirty seconds before we start this talk, and um, the night before, uh, one of the gents who was supposed to have this panel, his baby came early, so I get an email going, "Hi, can you cover this topic?" And I'm like, "Okay, I'll be there." Um, so I whipped together this deck overnight, and I'm up on stage, and I'm getting ready to do a talk. I'm there with Patrick Stocks, who is just one of the amazing, you know, yeah. heavy hitters in our field. And we're getting ready to queue, and I've lost my clicker. Uh, I've lost the clicker to move the slides forward. <laughs> so the laptop is there on the podium, and while I look very graceful, it's because I'm nonchalantly reaching over and tapping move the slides ahead. <laughs> There's nothing like a bit of improv. I think everybody <laughs> feels the jitters and the fear. And I just, um, yeah. I mean, public speaking is everyone's biggest fear. If you go yeah. through and you do a poll, what are you most afraid of? Spiders mm. and all of this. No, yeah. it's, it's getting in front of a crowd on being willing to share what you know and being willing to be wrong about it. Yeah. 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 I always want to, like, put up a slide like, hey, guess where I'm wrong in this deck because it's somewhere. <laughs> or just wear a pin well, you... that says, ask me about my crippling anxiety. Right. Just to completely disarm it because yeah. it's there. It's part of, um, you know, the process that mm-hmm. I go through. But So do you mean you, you purposely put something wrong in your deck? or you No, just I just like... inevitably I am wrong because I am human. Like there right, will be okay. something wrong. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. That's, that's quite I'm a not thing trying to, to intentionally mislead anyone. <laughs> I am providing you with the best information I have at the time, but I am human and highly fallible. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's important to acknowledge that, definitely. <laughs> um, that I don't know whether it leads us onto this, but um, I read your post on Search Engine Journal about ethical SEO. That, Armadillo. That, um, <laughs> okay. Before we get into armadillos, <laughs> can you explain a bit about what motivated you to write this post about ethical SEO and what it means? Oh, okay. Just softball that in, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I can talk a bit more to, to, to pad it out a bit if you like. Buy me some time. Just chat, chat, chat through that. I felt it was a necessity because if... We just watch someone. So go ahead and sit, sit in a nice coffee shop that's got a, a good view. And um, maybe in a toy story even. So watch when people pull out their phone and they ask a question. Or just walk into your break room. Be like, hey, what was that movie with that guy? Someone's going to pull out their phone. Mm-hmm. We inherently trust the answers that appear there. We believe that they're true. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is we have jobs manipulating how that happens. Uh, in, in 2016 in the States, you know, we had a bit of an issue with social media and uh, the elections that happened and those ads were you know very quick turnaround quick ROI to them you paid you got the result 
Um, I am aware of SEUs who are working in political fields right now and who are um, perhaps using a longer game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. for using it, using it for manipulating search results. Really? Yeah. For there are SEOs involved in politics, and it mm. has a very real impact. I don't know why I'm surprised about that. Like, no, you shouldn't uh, be. But think it's, about it's it. It's just not something that yeah. I'd yeah considered. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. So the information we trust, how does it get there? And mm -hmm. as an SEO, is is what you're doing. Um, helping to create the kind of world that you want to live in and you want to yeah. be a part of, or is this something that is self-serving to to move you particularly forward? Mm. I I have a bit of a, a personal moral imperative that if I'm if I'm acting upon someone, I should act upon them for themselves and value. If I'm doing it for a motivation that lies outside of them, then mm. then that's not okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So was this post like a kind of message to to people doing? things like that in the political field specifically to go like, this think about what me, you're doing. This is me touching my toe in the water. Right. <laughs> um, it was me kind of dipping my toe into the water of, of this world because mm -hmm. it's pretty, um, a bit too ballsy for me to, to go out heavy hitting and be like, hi guys, there are SEOs who work in political campaigns because when you think about it, obviously there are. Mm -hmm. But how does that impact people who don't know how search results come. Um, I have I have an amazing grandmother. Uh, I love her. She's oh, she's a not doing human some dodgy being. stuff with us yet, is she? <laughs> she's such a hacker. She's super late. Um, she's she... running all these PBNs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she she's fallen into that little bit of a Facebook black hole where she sees information and that's yeah. echo chambered back to her, and she believes it, mm. um, and it's persistently reinforced. And I become very discouraged and concerned um, when we're in a place where the idea of objectively providing information, you know, that doesn't get clicks, it doesn't get headlines, mm -hmm. but giving a slant, giving a salacious story does, mm -hmm. okay, it may move you further, further forward in your personal career momentarily, it may benefit whatever goal mm -hmm. you're after, but um, how would you feel if everyone behaved that way, if mm -hmm. everyone adopted that same kind of moray? No. I don't have an answer to it. That's mm. that's why I said armadillo earlier, because <laughs> what is the answer to ethical SEO? Armadillo. Mm. I'm I'm not sure. So of interest, is it coming from both sides of the political spectrum, or are, are we talking about one in particular? I'm going to decline to comment on that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair enough. That's fine. Um, yeah. In Previously in my working life, I've been in a role where... I haven't been like, like it was okay for my career, but I wasn't really thinking about the impacts that it was mm -hmm. having beyond that. And yeah, there was a point where I kind of thought like, what what am I actually doing for the world here other than just like, uh, just kind of like, ser like serving myself here. And yeah. You can I, make I kinda, an argument that mm. every other industry does it. We see dark yeah. money moving through channels all the time. People mm. are funding whatever they want to be in power. Uh, in the States, we have Citizens United, so money is a vote. Corporations are people there. Um, so it's not really any different, but mm. it still doesn't mean that I have to go, this is what I see every day, so therefore it's what I should accept as being intrinsically valuable to me. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of... A lot of the SEO world confuses me because it seems as though, yes, you can absolutely short-term game the system. You will, 100%. Mm -hmm. But how are you making the world any better? How are you mm -hmm. making the internet any better? How are you getting more information and more people who could potentially make an impact? Mm -hmm. This is what I like about technical SEO. Generally, the people who do technical SEO, that's their motivation. It's not to um, try and grow a business or, or anything. It's like... There's a, a kind of pure, pure motivation there of like wanting to make the world a better place, which is quite refreshing. Really. I acknowledge that uh, I have privilege. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, even getting into SEO, learning any form of code, my grandpa won the lottery when I was in eighth grade. Wow. And he won all of $800 and he right. used that money to buy me a computer. And oh. I stayed up far past my bedtime, <laughs> and I was on GeoCities, and I was going to other websites, and I was learning to look at the things on their sites and going, mm -hmm. how do I make this on my own? Yeah. How do I play with this? Mm -hmm. And the HTML, the CSS that I learned there has 
ultimately done me a lot better than my English degree, yeah. which I have used once to kill a spider. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> English degrees, they're, they're lovely, but uh, yeah, that graphic novel and that play yeah. still have not been written. No. Mm. One day. One day. One day. One day. Uh, but thank thank you to to your granddad's like that was a was a he's an excellent human wonderfully yeah. selfless act yeah <laughs> um cool so I would like to know now you just copy and pasted my entire LinkedIn profile <laughs> <laughs> this is hardcore research into it, that like the, it's hour, hours of research and yeah you. <laughs> Um, I'd like to know a bit about what you'd give as advice for SEOs looking to work more closely with developers. Like what your um, what your advice would be as a marketing dev hybrid, because that was definitely on your LinkedIn bio. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> yes. That's, that's quite a unique position. And so, yeah, I think it'd be really useful if you could give us an idea about what the, the key parts to, to that relationship are. Uh so the thing about becoming a tech SEO is it's not yours until you break it. Mm. So there is this wonderful thing out there. Google's created Code Labs, and there are places where you can go ahead and you can learn HTML, you can learn CSS, you can do all these things, and you can break them. You can break them without consequence. You can break them without having them breathe down your neck or yell at you that you've taken down production. Also, sorry, Anthony. I know that was like six years ago, but I didn't mean to take down production. Uh, Get over it, Anthony. God. Oh, no, that's my own guilt. He's never nagging at me. But yeah, um, so there are new resources available, particularly for developers. I was at IO two years ago. And there was a session on findability, on search and findability. And to watch how excited these devs got on the idea that their stuff could be found, they could find out how people got there, what they looked for. Mm. Well, that's that's a crossover because we know the webmaster's guide. We know yeah. these pieces. So start there. Go into the developers. Um, it's developers.google.com. Um, they have a section on search. They have a developer's guide to search. It'll take you through practical code examples. It'll let you get hands-on and get your hands dirty and break things. So be curious. Mm -hmm. Go break some stuff. Go yep. make amazing fireworks. Mm -hmm. That is my best advice. Cool. So Code Labs is the Code Labs. The, yeah, that's great. Um, in a previous episode, I was speaking with Arish, who was talking amazing about amazing human. Yeah, definitely. Um, learned a ton from her. And hundred days of code was something that she recommended for. Um, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, I'm gonna go getting do that started. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've I've kind of been like thinking about it like um one of my colleagues ruth she she's like halfway through learning python i think with 100 days of code and um she's been really recommending it so i'm like uh it's an hour a day every day is such a commitment but it's not really like you just have to make think about what it. you spend an hour a day doing exactly. just nonchalantly an yeah, hour a day on... flipping through instagram ignoring exactly. my friend request yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day one day <laughs> but, yeah, that sounds like a really good thing to get involved with, and yeah, just making making the time to get a better understanding of um, yeah, of what what developers. I mean, we're SEOs. We want to mm. optimize web pages. Web pages are made of code. Yeah. Fundamentally, everything we do is based on code, and understanding how that works only benefits us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Is there anything that you'd like to shamelessly plug on on this show? So. We've got actually we're going to split this out into two different sections. The first is some a product or service that makes your life easier, not necessarily um, work related, but just like something that you'd recommend to people is like a productivity hack. Mm -hmm. And the next can be like anything you want to like just promote. Uh, productivity hack. Um... Post-it notes and dry erase boards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Underrated post-it notes. I'm a very tactile human. I really mm. am. I find that. Um, and I, I have commitment issues. So the post-it <laughs> notes and the dry erase boards, I'm like, this never happened. <laughs> it's quite lovely. Um, I'm trying to think on that bit. Uh, mm. I would uh, recommend different communities. Ooh, which yeah. ones? 
So there is the uh, the Google Webmaster Forum. There mm-hmm. is uh, started by Arish, Women in Tech SEO. Yeah. That is a new Facebook group. They're on Twitter. They have a website. If you're out there, if you're yeah. a woman who you know is getting started in here and wants to learn a bit more and connect with other really smart women, mm-hmm. please join that yeah. bit. Um, she was telling us about how she's starting up a conference, I think, next year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's really a growing community. It sounds, like, amazing. It's so exciting. I remember the first time I met another technical SEO, and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> and now to be able to go sit in a room full of other technical women is yeah. just, it's absolutely a gift. Thank mm-hmm. you, Arish. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, join the JavaScript working group from mm-hmm. Google Forums if you can. That's yeah. that's an amazing productivity hack because um, a lot of times we all are facing the same problem. It just shows its head in different ways. Mm-hmm. So beginning to connect with other people and just having people you trust so you can go, hey, have you seen that thing? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm seeing this. Do you see this? Yeah. So a little bit of a sanity check, mm-hmm. which is, is really valuable when you're in deep, yeah. complex reasoning. Yeah. Are, are these places where being the dumbest kid in the room is accepted? Can you like, is it? You're not going to be shot down for asking a stupid question there? or, or, or I think possibly. in most scenarios, I believe most of our community isn't going to go ahead and try and shoot you down. There's mm. a difference between asking a dumb question and interrupting to yeah. ask a dumb question. So um, when you encounter something you don't know, if it's you know, you're not directly in that conversation, take a note, follow up with it. Mm. But yeah, I don't see any reason. If you yeah. if you go and do di- due diligence, if you show I've tried to understand this and I didn't mm-hmm. then come back with that, you're not going to be shot down, at least not by me. Yeah. yeah. Good. Or maybe That's... I will. Who knows? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Right. Oh, I'll accept your follow request on Instagram, right? <laughs> Reject. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So your other shameless plug, which can... Like anywhere you're you're speaking or um, I don't know any, anything you're trying to flog I don't know just uh, or you we'll, we'll give a shout out to you uh, you're on Twitter anyway but uh, I would say this is gonna air after that so it's not gonna do me much good oh, crap yeah. uh, if this is airing around Christmas then come see me at Engage at SME PDX it's a really lovely conference out uh, in Portland <laughs> super fun. <laughs> If this somehow airs before then, I'm going to yeah. be at SMX East, SMX Milan, and there's a Google Developers Group meetup that's going to be in New York City at the same mm-hmm. time as SMX East. If you're around, if you're a developer and you want to learn more, I want to learn from you. So let's teach each other. Yeah. Cool. Right. For a minute there, when you mentioned Christmas, I thought you were going to invite people around to, to your house or something. Uh, maybe that's, that's I mean if you're in Denver <laughs> and you have nowhere to spend Christmas send me a tweet no promises I don't know why not <laughs> would oh you could what what's Denver like I've never I've never been would oh you it's recommend? wonderful yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. especially on Christmas day because everyone's yeah. left <laughs> and you can you can go the speed limit on I-25 uh, wow <laughs> so you'd recommend coming out coming out to, to visit that that neck of the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Denver is a really lovely place. We've yeah. got the mountains and just a very unique culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Right. Yeah, I'll have, have to come over at some point. Yeah. I tend to, I think I've only been to like New York, where else have been? Seattle. So I've like been, yeah, both coasts, but not ventured around too much so so you're in the uk which is you know pretty small compared to the states and we very much have cultural pockets that are almost their own countries within the states yeah yeah well, that, that's the that's the oh. thing about the uk though is that it's a very small country but you have these little pockets of different cultures i've like, kind of learned that in this trip and like yeah. especially moving around it can be so like much. a town yeah. 20 minutes down the road and have a different accent and different it's a very <laughs> sharp contrast I'm like i just i just went around the block what happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i learned what a geezer was a geezer. <laughs> <laughs> really what you got into like gangster culture no and, i just uh, i'm staying in harlow tonight <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so a rough, rough uh, area around there. Watch out. <laughs> oh. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap things up there. But thank you very much, Jamie, for, for coming oh. on Open Dialogue. And you've been an amazing guest. We've gone off on um, so a load of different tangents. and oh, I'm sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for, for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers. A massive thank you to Jamie for being such a superb guest and for giving us a bunch of laughs as well. 
If you'd like to hear more from Jamie, you can find her on Twitter at jammer underscore volts. If you want to hear more from myself, I'm at Sam underscore Marston on Twitter. And if you want to share open dialogue with the world, make sure that you use the hashtag open underscore dialogue. Before you go, I would just like to let you know that this podcast has been made possible by my employer, Deepcrawl. So if you're interested in improving the technical health and organic performance of the websites that you manage with an enterprise-level web crawler, then head on over to deepcrawl.com and have a look at how we can help. We've even got a two-week free trial for you to give us a whirl with. I'd also like to give a shout out to BMO Studios based in Hackney Central, who make Open Dialogue sound as good as it does. If you want to find a written recap of this podcast, make sure you head over to the Deepcrawl blog by visiting deepcrawl.com forward slash podcast, where you'll also be able to sign up to our mailing list and be notified when we release new episodes on a bi-weekly basis. Thank you again for listening to Open Dialogue, and I look forward to you joining us again soon. 